Hello, folks. Welcome to the Solar Renewable Energy Show. Spill Gallagher. I'm out here with my sidekick, Gloria Edson. We're on the road today. We're out here at RE Plus 2023. I can't believe it. The first one we came to was like 15 years ago. It was just pretty much unbelievable. We're in the beautiful city of Las Vegas. It's just under 243 degrees outside. You can boil an egg, but still pretty darn cool. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, you have to run fast if you go outside, that's for sure. I want to give a shout-out to our friends at Daytona Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram for their loyal support, and for, especially for our driver, Daniel Dye, on the Craftsman Series truck uh, series this year. He's doing a wonderful job, and thanks to everyone for the help in the race to stop suicide. So we got a very special guest with us today. We have Julia Souter. Julia, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. And we have Gabe Murtaugh. Thank you very much. Gabe is an Irish lad, we can tell. And uh, Julia, we're, what's your nationality? Looks oh, Swedish. Oh, a combination of everything. Combination of Swedish and stuff like that. Well, Julia is a CEO of L-D-E-S. Okay, what does that stand for? The Long Duration Energy Storage Council. Holy smoly, man, that sounds cool. Okay. It is. It's okay. great. <laughs> CEO, man, that's a pretty uh, pretty wild title, and you're a pretty young lady to have that title now. Tell us about the uh, inception. Where did it all start out? Well, it was started at COP26. Uh, it was 22 country, or companies came together because they realized there is a market for long duration energy storage. If you want to meet our decarbonization goals, we need to have storage that is multiple hours, multiple days, and seasons. And so these companies wanted to really demonstrate there is a marketplace. So it's a four trillion dollar marketplace to bring eight terawatts of long duration energy storage into the global mix. And so these companies came together to say we want an independent voice to work with key decision makers around the world to start really validating understanding the role of storage to make sure we could have renewable energy 24-7. You know, it's really interesting, uh, the the misconceptions about solar in general, right? Well, we don't want solar because it doesn't work at night, and we don't want wind because sometimes the wind doesn't blow. I mean, all these energy sources are important, right? They are, yes. But there there are some limitations, right? At night, they've got this thing called the moon. You know, we had a, a presentation the other day. It was really cool. I got I to just really quickly tell you this, and we've probably given hundreds of these presentations, and I always give a gift out to the person that gets the closest to this question. I said, we're standing right here right now. What is the distance from here to the sun and it was dead quiet and the lady lays her hand she goes 93 million miles I just about job dead I gave her the gift card but 93 million miles that the sun creates this energy the greatest source of energy known to man now we can use it but you know what we have to store it we so do. this this is where that comes in right yes definitely that partnership is key gotta have that and why why would you have to have storage well, because like you said, we need solar energy, but it's not 24-7. When the sun's not shining or a cloud covers the sun, how do we capture that energy and use it later? And so we can use different types of storage technologies, whether it's in batteries of everything on the periodic table except lithium-ion, that's short storage. And then there's um, salts and rocks, and you know whether it's cement or recycled aluminum. There's all these different sources that can take the renewable energy, the sun, store it for hours, days, months, and then reuse it when we need it. You know, I've got to think that the original, when it comes to modern times, was uh, Wisconsin. You know, some guy in a cabin back there, right? he says, you know what, I'm, I'm 100 miles from any uh, electric line. I'm going to go ahead and put some batteries on my roof. And th- that was it, right? That just a regular battery. That's where it started. 
It, it started in a lot of different areas. <laughs> it depends on which part of the country you're in or even the world. I mean, thinking about how to store energy has been something that humankind have always wanted to work on. Like, how do we really utilize all of the assets we have in front of us? And that's why long-duration energy storage is so important because we can then provide clean energy solar 24-7. We can have it every hour of the day when you're able to store it. So we're talking long duration. We're, ch- we're talking about it charging principally for, but from solar or from other sources? Wind, uh, other sources, brutal energy, you know, making sure you can capture it again 24-7. Any kind of fossil fuel mix in that or is it strictly no. renewables? we are strictly, strictly renewables. renewables. Yeah. Take my hat off to that. For those that can see, uh, don't, if you're driving, don't put your hands up, okay? But no, that's, that's cool. We, 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 kind of, we know that we need all kinds of energy and stuff like that, but renewable, all you have to do is to walk through the doors and see the thousands of people coming to the show. It is unbelievable, isn't it? It's fantastic. I mean, it's just so important that we are moving towards this transition. We want to have clean energy 24-7. We want to have emissions reductions. We want to have uh, you know, decarbonization of our world to really make sure we can meet our 1.5 degrees Celsius goals. We want to have an Earth that we can inhabit and live on for a variety of years. And solar really helps us make us do this with storage 24-7. So you guys are kind of work on a global network. Okay, where do you see it taking uh, shape quickest? at this point. So long-duration energy storage is, is popping up all over the world, and it's great when you have governments work with industry on setting targets that really give a strong market signal. So the United States, with the Inflation Reduction Act, has done a phenomenal job of setting targets and bring, providing incentives like the storage target of 30%. Then you also see Australia setting targets. You see the European Union. You see the United Kingdom. You see Canada, Chile. It's, it's India's working on how do they meet the 500 gigawatts of renewable energy with storage and Africa is now looking at how can they really transition in the way that they're choosing to with renewable energy. So around the world, this is a global phenomenon where we're trying to make sure we have renewable energy 24-7 with long-duration energy storage. How do you see the integration with uh, conventional sources, uh, conventional electric suppliers and um you know, some parts are deregulated and some parts are monopolies. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, this is where things tend to get a little bit interesting. Um, You know, I think everybody is aware that we need to decarbonize. So I think, uh, you know, there's a common vision and a common goal there, but it's just a matter of how do we do it. So, um, you know, in in some markets, it really is the government saying, hey, look, this is what we're going to build and this is why. In other cases, it could be a vertically integrated utility saying, you know, we understand that this is a problem and collectively this is how I can decarbonize my system. So there really is kind of a coordination of efforts between the utilities and, and storage, right? Yeah, there has to be, yeah. Has to be great. Very much so. And not just utilities, but mining industries. All, every part of the, every sector of our economy is transitioning. And so how do we work on a just and equitable transition to make this happen? Right. So talk a little bit about um, supplies, right? So the, to, to make these batteries, these storage systems, we need some type of materials, right? It's not magic, although the sun part is because the magic, right? The sun comes up, okay, but, but where do these things, uh, where do they come from? How do we get them? How do we, how do we transition them into storage? So there are many technologies that exist building on existing infrastructure. So there's containers we can use to put in existing minerals that you can have, you know, whether it's zinc or vanadium, magnesium, calcium, sodium. And we have a variety of minerals you can choose from that are, are 
pulling from the existing value chain. So there, there isn't so much a supply chain crisis. It's more that we're using existing infrastructure to repurpose or rebuild or you know, expand upon. Uh, so it's, it's kind of helping the market push forward. So we kind of have really all over the world are supplying these things, right? It's not just one place, it's everywhere. And it's not just batteries. We have pumped hydro, which has been around for Mm -hmm. over 100 years, and that is existing long-duration technology. But we also have thermal energy storage using salts and different types of of rocks or other minerals that are very inexpensive and and just prolific everywhere. So it's, again, using a lot of the the sun with with a lot of our very very efficient and safe materials to make long-duration energy storage. Yeah, I'm glad you're, you're talking about that because, you know, we were kind of kind of at a solar conference. It's like they were thinking solar, but you know what? Hydro is, like, awesome. Mm-hmm. But we live in Florida. Like, we're down at Daytona Beach, Florida. It's, like, the highest point is six inches. Wow. I mean, and if you dig a hole, two foot here in the water, so it's, like, flat. So we have no hydro. But if you go to, like, upstate New York, Niagara Falls, stuff like, man, what a source of energy. Exactly. How do you store that now? Is that part of what you're doing, too? We do. Well, pumped hydro is a big part of long-duration energy storage, you know, the closed loop, you know, just cycling it back and forth, you know, using the water pumping. You know, and you, when you have this excess solar in the day, use it to, to push through and pump up the hydro. And then at night, you can you know, then use it when you want the electricity. We also have compressed air, so we're putting things underground, um, whether it's in caverns or you know, using existing infrastructure or, or creating new ones for hydrogen or for water or for even air itself. So it, what's great about long duration is that there's the diversity of types, but there's also the diversity that can meet in geographies around the world, small, large, remote centers, urban centers. We have options for you. So how did you get this this council put together? I mean, it's just a name council makes you, wow, it's a council. <laughs> it's a school. Right? So when this, the 22 members got together, we, we produced reports, and so that there was an independent board that was set up that's elected by our members, where you have technology providers that are the four types of long-duration storage, but you have the entire economy, like the the, the the equipment manufacturers, the utilities, the developers all came together because they know there's a need for long-duration energy storage. And so coming together, we've really set up this nonprofit structure to really educate, inform, you know, work on market policies, get more financing in, into the marketplace to really push forward and validate the need for LDES as a key partner for everything else we're working on. You know, you said a key thing right there, financing, right? That it really has changed the landscape of solar across the land, hasn't it? And battery storage, the ability for homeowners or business owners to, to get funds at a reasonable rate and have that offset by the savings and get a terrific ROI. How does it get better than that? Oh, doesn't it? And solar has done a phenomenal job of leading the way. I mean, in 10 years, you saw the prices drop exponentially, and this is now happening with storage. So it's a great marker to point to saying, look at the leadership with solar, and now it's happening with long duration. Yeah. So talk a little bit, and this may be below uh, your threshold of stuff, but talk a little bit about residential storage because we've seen that explode. We've seen it eight years ago from having three or four people at the show mm-hmm. to having a whole floor almost of storage. How, how do you see residential uh, and how impacting the whole? Thing? We need everything. And so uh, it's great that long duration energy stores can do district heating. It can be in the homes. It can be in communities. You can aggregate storage to you know help it be part of you know, demand response programs or even energy efficiency. The, the role of storage is so critical to all walks of life. And I think this is why long duration energy storage and the diverse technologies that we represent can really plug and play in a variety of ways. I don't know, Gabe, do you want to add? 
I, I think that's exactly right. Um, you know, we, we do need all solutions. Uh, we've definitely seen, uh, you know, in the state of California, there is a proliferation of rooftop solar on houses. If we had that same proliferation of storage in houses, you know, we're going to get the same benefits as storage on the grid. You can then move that solar that's generated during the peak times of the day um, when you've already got a lot of excess energy on the grid and you're potentially producing more than you can consume. You can put that in a battery and then you can use it for later in the day when the sun's down. That's what our customers love. They really love it. And, you know, being from Florida, uh, very important. We have these little things. I have to talk about this. This is the little spot off the coast of Africa. This little red dot, and it starts getting bigger, and then all the all the uh, weathermen start getting excited. All right, we got another hurricane coming. It's just crazy, isn't it? Gloria, Gloria what do you think? Yes, absolutely. That's why I'm all set up. I can't wait to have another storm. <laughs> well, she didn't mean that, folks. But, <laughs> but there is a storm that came up, but it's turning. But, no, she's got solar power and solar storage and a whole nine yards. And uh, it's it's the place to go if you want a cold beer when the grid is down. Let me put it that way. <laughs> Secure and reliant. <laughs> Secure and reliant. Uh, anyway, so, Gabe, what do you do with the Elf Fit here? We are the Eldez Council. Um, I am the director of markets and technology. So uh, primarily thinking about these markets, you know, how do we actually, you know, build these resources? How are they getting compensated? You know, what are the things that are actually going to be dispatching the resources, you know, to produce energy or to charge energy from the grid? Those kinds of mechanics. And then just studying in general uh, the various different kinds of technologies that are out there, which Julie has already touched on. Really has to be a little bit complex to blend the solar and the storage and the grid. I mean, that's that takes some really serious thinking in a quiet place, right? <laughs> uh, sometimes it does. And, um, you know, this job is so busy and this industry is so busy, it's kind of hard to find some time to kind of take a step back and think about, hey, where are we right now? Let's take stock. Let's take stock of where we need to go. And just to be really frank, there are a lot of things that have to change. So we've got a lot of work in the next few years. Well, we're glad you're here to take that duty on because I couldn't do it. Gloria, could you do that? I don't think so. <laughs> Sounds a bit challenging. Oh gosh, I can't believe it. we've already gone through half the show. Folks, we're going to take a short break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi folks, Bill Gallagher with SolarFit here. Have you ever thought about utilizing solar power for your home or business? Well, there's never been a better time to plug into the sun and stop renting electricity. How would you like to let your roof start paying you each month? Give us a call at 445-7606, that's 445-7606, or visit us at SolarFit.com and set yourself free. SolarFit your life and set yourself free with the sun's free energy. Hi, folks. Welcome back to the Solar Fit Renewable Energy Show. Bill Gallagher with my sidekick. Gloria On the road out here in Las Vegas, Nevada for RE Plus 2023. I can't even see, believe it, 2023. Uh, it used to be SPI. I don't think I'll ever get over saying Solar Power International, but RE now is for renewable energy, and the plus is for storage. And we have two experts with us today. We've got Julia Souter and Gabe Murtaugh with us from Eldis. Eldis, I, I almost said Elvis. I'm glad. But you got LDs? LD. How do you pronounce it? Eldes. 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 Long duration yeah. energy storage. Long duration energy storage. It's so good. Well, welcome back. Thanks. Julia, can I ask you a couple questions here? And Gloria, what are they? No, I'm going uh, Okay. So, so at the first part of the show, we, we talked about uh, uh, 
different types of storage, whether it be uh, hydro or whether it be wind. Um, the thing that kind of is interesting, we talked a little bit about Florida, but in California, I think when the wind gets to a certain speed, they, sh- they should shut the grid down, right? They, if it gets too fast, you can actually turn off the wind turbines. But what's great is that if you have more storage on the grid, you don't have to turn them off. You can capture that excess wind and store it for later so that you don't lose money. And the same thing with solar. Like if you have excess solar, you can capture it, hold on to it, and use it later when you need it. So, so that's a real, a real reason for storage because if you don't have storage and the grid goes down, right? I mean, sure. if, the, if it's yeah. wind or fires or anything, right. it, there's so many, you know... Oh, disasters, if you would, that, that vary from area, whether it's fires like we had in Hawaii or, right. or whatever. You have to have a way uh, to be to be resilient. And there's other outside forces that could happen that we're unaware of, right? right. So it, it's always good to be prepared, right? Yes, and that's what I think the flexibility that long-duration energy storage provides gives you that resiliency, that security, and that reliability. And that's something that we just need more of because, as you pointed out, we have weather disasters weekly now, daily, that are affecting us. And now if you have something that you can use as a tool in your backyard, in your community, on your grid, in your, you know, in your state or country, it, this is really important. So you have a group of homes um, on a smaller scale, and they all have solar and they all have battery backup. They can participate in the whole grid um, Definitely. Be aggregated it, and kind of be a system to, to rely on. Yeah. But I, but I, you guys are more on the upper scale, right? You're the, no, we, we, we really, Altas is so diverse. We, it's really important to participate, you know, behind the meter, homes, communities, also in urban centers, rural centers, and remote systems. We have mining members. I mean, it, whether it's ports, I mean, you name it, Eldez will be part of whether it's small, large, you know, enormous. <laughs> it just depends on where you are. You that ima- diversity is important. Do you imagine the, the amount of stories we need here in Las Vegas? I mean, oh, my God, just done. keep putting the lights on at night. It's like crazy, isn't it? <laughs> you, need, you need hundreds of gigawatts like, just to keep the lights on. And I'm not sure the people here even know it's daylight. I really, it just, it's, it's so much light at night. It's like a 24-hour thing. Well, yeah. that's, that's the scale, I think, is enormous. I mean, we've seen just the, the lights here in Vegas change. Like, the whole strip is just now lit up 24-7. But to power that, you know, with renewable energy, you need to have storage. And, you know, for the whole country, we, we're talking about hundreds of gigawatts. And that scale is enormous. And that's what we're all working on together is how do we, how do we go there? How do we get that? Because we don't have enough today. And we, if we want to keep depending on all this electricity and heat to power our lives we, we need renewable energy with storage to make it happen yeah we have more and more in florida for for instance we have about 1500 people a day coming into florida yeah. and there's no one leaving <laughs> there is no one leaving it's too I, nice I told weather the, the main main road going north and south is i-95 and i said just shut it down going north why would you have it just have it everyone come and sell you know i don't want to talk too much about florida but i mean it's a pretty nice place but there's no hills so um, we took a little ride the other day, and out, uh, I guess it would be northeast of here, there's a massive solar system. I mean massive. I have no idea how many panels or how many acres, but like, is that something that you could do storage with? And Definitely. Definitely. Yes. Right. Any, any solar plant around the world can have long-duration energy storage right next to it or even further away to help make sure that it, it's 24-7. So do you partner with these people, advise these people that are making these storage systems, or how do you do that? More and more so. We have a lot of memorandums of understandings with organizations around the United States and around the world to work on coordinating permitting and siding and how to really leverage the benefits of solar and storage together how about that the permitting and all that stuff i mean i mean 
you know, and where we are to get a permit, you know, you, you got to, you could have three kids fully grown before you get a permit. I mean, what's the story? But an air conditioning guy can go in there the next day and get it. I don't get that. What is that? We've got to change the criteria. Yes. So we've, you know, evolved in so many ways, but we, we really need to change the criteria to really show the benefits and capture them as soon as possible. I mean, yeah. There are trade-offs, but if we can have inclusive conversations about this, then we'll get things permitted faster. Yeah. Down there we have BOAF, building officials, you know, and I think if, if everyone got together and just had a common, uh, you know, permitting process, it would be, be interesting, be good to go. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that might be another conversation, right? But anyway, so what, what's on the horizon? So one thing I wanted to, to share is that you know, because we need more organizations, but there's been a new organization that's been created called the Global Renewables Alliance. And so the Global Solar, Global Wind, Global Hydropower, Global Geothermal, Global Green Hydrogen, and Global Long Duration Energy Storage, we're all coming together to create this new industry to work together on permitting, on market criteria, on just and equal transition to show that all six of our organizations really pushing towards meeting our decarbonization goals are really trying to demonstrate how we can do this in a unified manner. And so showing this efficiency and effectiveness at the global stage, but also how we can implement it locally is critical. How... um cooperative is the federal government in all this i mean we hear you know we we hear all the different things of course well the ira bill came out was a great thing for uh for all states all communities like a a, a real straight line before a glide potential glide path is so helpful to our industry right yes i mean it's been fantastic to you know have the tax credits at 30 percent for for storage and then building upon that additional 10 percent for community benefits an additional 10 percent for local manufacturing and intake you know, that's 50%, which is enormous and really incentivizing so much more new jobs and infrastructure coming back to the United States. The federal government has been doing lots of you know, grants and loans to really help communities and really bring forward more technologies and expand the commercialization that already exists, but to push it to the scale. So we're really fortunate to see so many of the grants and programs for long duration energy storage, you know, bring jobs, really connect the dots with solar and wind and bring more benefits locally. Well, I got to tell you, I love the whole thing about creating jobs. I just think that it's so important, and it's not—it's not really spoken of enough, right? So when you when you create a job, uh, a, a person makes a certain amount of pay, and that pay goes to the stores and all. It be a stage rate right in that community, you know. It's a, that the, the the resurrection of America, as in general, it relies on job creation, and this is this has become one of the the best solutions that we could ever dream of yeah that's very exciting and it's a great thing for the next generations to know that they have a a whole industry that they can look forward to being part of yeah and the young kids okay young kids everyone's young to me but but younger kids they're i mean they get it right they get it it's like yeah oh yeah yeah. how come we don't have solar where's the solar (laughs) people are older than two they go hey you know that's solar stuff i don't know you know but they're coming around to it you know i i would say our our where we live in Florida, of course, there's a lot of older people, but a majority of our customers are 50s, 60s, 70-year-olds that are doing this to pass something on to their kids in the future. And, boy, I think that is, like, the ultimate gift that keeps giving, right? That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. What do you think, Gabe? 
Yeah. Uh, thanks. Um, there is really a lot going on in the space, as we've already talked about. And I think one thing that we haven't really talked about yet is, you know, just exactly where this is happening. But we're seeing governments all over the world setting new targets for how much long duration actually needs to be built on the grid. And, you know, we're starting to, re- you know, I think I think most governments are starting to realize that in order to decarbonize, they have to have long-duration storage to be part of that solution. And then these new targets are coming out of that realization. So now, in the next few years, it's going to be time to start acting on those targets and start actually developing these long-duration resources um, so we can start to move towards those decarbonization goals. What do you what do you say to the people that are you know there's always naysayers you know they're always you ever see these people that get up in the morning and go oh what a miserable day I've never figured that out <laughs> it's just never figured that out I mean you have a you have an opportunity to have a beautiful day but what about these naysayers that say well even if I did it what difference is it going to make just me that is like so wrong isn't it. It's definitely wrong. Um, we are, you know, so fortunate to be here at this time today. Um, you know, yes, we're, we're seeing, starting to see the effects of climate change, uh, but we've got the tools in place to be able to combat it, and they're they're reasonably affordable. Prices are coming down. We're actually starting to, like like I said, implement some of those targets to get these things developed and deployed. Um, and and once we get there, you know, things are going to be really good. Julia, thanks, but I think it's about choices too. We we can make the choice to to choose to have a positive outlook or a negative. But I think what when you look at the facts, the fact that you can have the savings from long duration storage and the pairing with solar and wind, and the fact that you can have the health benefits from decreasing emissions. And these, there's all these different attributes that can be positive that you can build from and help your community. So it's, I agree, it's, you know, raw, there's the balance of life, the yin and the yang. But again, you know, life is too short. You've got to look at the, the opportunities ahead. Yeah, the two things that I think about uh, on storage is one is, uh, you know, the resilience, the safety factor, right? Like, you know, if the grid were to go down for any period of time, it's miserable. The longer it goes down, the worse it gets, right? I mean, it, you know, and just the, the ability to have uh, security in your home with your security systems, to have uh, a level of comfort, to, to not have to get on I-95 and try to drive to Jacksonville, which the traffic isn't moving, then all every, the stuff in your refrigerator goes bad. These are all reasons. But the, the biggest... The biggest elephant in the room is procrastination, right? We all are. It's built in, right? How'd that happen? Human nature. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, probably. (laughs) But we have a choice to change it, which is why we're taking the, you know, the opportunity to to see the savings, to see, you know, the opportunities ahead and to really capture what we can really do to be more adaptive and mitigate the, the threat to make it more of a positive. Yeah, and I think to get to your point about resiliency and keeping the lights on, um, the, the governments really are starting to take that into consideration. And when they're doing their plans, they're not saying, hey, we just need to keep the lights on most of the time. They're saying, you know, if we really do have extreme weather, um, you know, if, if there is something where there's multiple elements of the grid that go down, we want to be able to keep, you know, critical infrastructure in certain parts of the grid online, and we can do that with long-duration energy storage. And to some extent, you know, we want to keep the entire grid running when we can. 
you know, we just don't want to be those people that run down to the box store to look for that last piece of plywood, right? Because it's not there. <laughs> it or, won't be there. Yeah. No, no toilet paper. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Holy mackerel. Somebody, there are people actually still have over 700 rolls of toilet paper in their house. Because <laughs> they thought there was the next, <laughs> the next well, Clyde's like. Different, yeah, different. <laughs> it was a different type of storage, right? Yeah. They, they enlarged their, their garage for extra storage. Well, this has been a fascinating interview. What can people do to help you in, in your mission? Um, well, I think I think um, I, I think be optimistic. I think that's one thing to think about. Um, you know, continue to make make the right choices and think about um, you know how individual impacts do uh, you know impact our economy and our environment. Thanks, Gabe. Great points. And just to, to build on that, that long duration energy storage is here today and that we just need to scale it and that we have options and that there, we can really make this work together. Well, great. So do you have a website or anything? We do. It's okay. uh, it's com. So ldescouncil.com. There's a lot of great information there for you. Well, folks, take the time today, once you get home, to crank up that computer and go to that website because you're going to hear it a lot. And what wonderful guests we have. We have Julia and Gabe. They've done a great job. Thank you so much for coming on, man. This is fun. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Okay, I guess now you've got to go back into the herd of down, <laughs> downstairs. But it, it, it's about 200 degrees hotter down there, too, isn't it? A lot, of, a lot of people here very motivated about renewables. But there is, I, I've never seen so many people as fun. Okay, folks, Claudia, did you want to say one more thing? Have a great weekend. <laughs> okay, folks, got to sign off for now. Make sure you follow us and help Daniel Dye in the Race to Stop Suicide, and we'll talk to you next week. SolarFit Renewable Energy Radio Show paid for by SolarFit.